0: Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Eagles with you. The phone number, though not right now, is 973-667-1960. We have a guest on the line. Uh, That's Dave Spadaro who covers the Eagles for Eagles.com. We'll talk to him at the start of the show. Then you guys can try to get in on the phones again at 973-667-1960. Jeff, how are you, my friend? Good, John. How are you? It's
1: good to talk to you. Good to hear your voice. It's been a while. You too. And a guy... Go ahead, I'm sorry, Feeks. No, I'm just saying, they all just kind of weeks to start piling on, and we just pick up where we left off. Yeah, and, I, I, and the guy that you haven't heard from in a while, but your old buddies with, and known him longer than me, is uh, Dave Spadaro,
0: Spidar, who covered you when you were with the Eagles back in the day. Mm-hmm. Dave, you're with Schmelken Fiegels here uh, Hi, to talk some Eagles football. How are you, man?
2: Gentlemen, doing fine, thank you. Good. Uh, good to talk to you. Um, just, just anything football-related, like <laughs> America has never needed – the NFL more than it needs it right now. I can't wait for this thing to start.
0: Well, Dave, first, let's break down some epidemiology with you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, in all seriousness, Dave joined us for our, our little uh, mock draft we did earlier in the year, which is great. And now we're continuing. We have three teams left in our season preview of the three division teams, and the Eagles lead us off today. And, Dave, I didn't mean to catch you on a, on a day where there's breaking news for the first time in two and a half months, but but we did. Yeah. <laughs> the Eagles bringing yeah. back, you know, the, maybe one of their best offensive linemen of all Time and Jason Peters, but not to play tackle to replace Brandon Brooks at guard, which I thought was just a brilliant move.
2: Interesting move, right? Like, so you expect that we know we, we believe the preseason right is going to get cut down to two games, four games, two games, zero games. We don't know. There's not. There's no work, obviously, from the spring. Limited reps. So, how do you fill the gigantic hole created by the injury to Brandon Brooks? You bring in somebody who's been one of the all-time greats at left tackle, and you ask him to play right guard, rather than bringing somebody from the outside who would have to learn everything about the way Jeff Stoutland teaches the offensive line. It is such an ch- a interesting challenge for Jason Peters. Um, at the age of 38, can he play not only for a 17th NFL season, but can he play on the right side and inside? Um, really crazy move interesting timing mm-hmm. but i think that the eagles feel like if somebody can do it the most talented offensive lineman they've ever had is the guy who can make that transition in a very short period of time
1: dave had, had he ever played guard either a no. left or right guard at all
2: no and they do although well, they maybe a little left guard taking some reps as you mm-hmm. cross train sure. through the years at training camp but never at right guard and, you know, never now – look, he's been working with Lane Johnson in the off season. They do that offensive line summit. You know, Lane's really thrown himself into this. For years and years, people have asked Jason, and they've asked Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach, could you ever see a time when Jason, later in his career, moves inside to a guard position? And Stoutland told me once, he goes, look, like, like I would have the audacity to ask the question. He goes, look, Jason Peters is so great. He can play any position so uh, but but this is a this is a tall order, uh, but he's a big man inside he's got quick, powerful hands he's got a lot of anchor he's a great athlete, and he also gives you the opportunity to have a player who can back up as the swing tackle so the Eagles really were looking for you know two players here, and they feel like in in Jason Peters they got themselves a bit of a two for one and now they've got the rookie uh, Rookie from a year ago, the first-round draft pick, 2019, Andre Dillard takes over at left tackle. And I will say this about the Eagles: you know, it is—it's a move that you go, "Why?" Well, raises some eyebrows, but the Eagles never leave themselves shorthanded along the offensive line. And okay. since Stoutland has been here, even long before that, they believe in building along the line of scrimmage. So they get the benefit of the doubt on this one.
0: Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say the two things the Eagles certainly do more than any other team, is have quality and depth on the offensive and defensive lines. No question. Let's stick there offensively, Mm -hmm. I I think for now, Dave, which is a a good place to stick. Mm -hmm. Andre Dillard, you know, he's a guy that played a little bit last year when you had some of those injuries at tackle. How do you think he played at the end of last year, and what are your, and, and the organization's thoughts on the type of jump he can take in year number two?
3: Yeah, I mean,
2: the thing with Andre last year, when he played right tackle, he looked really bad. So they, 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 They had to move him over there for an emergency one game. It was a tough, tough outing for him. He played three games of left tackle against the likes of Khalil Mack. In that third game, he played really well as the Eagles beat the Bears. Um, He's gained 15 pounds in the offseason of muscle, we hear. Obviously, nobody's seen him on the field. So that's the biggest question with him. That and, you know, is he going to be that physical, get down and dirty kind of left tackle? He's more of an athletic. Nobody questions his skill, his athletic ability, his feet. Uh, his his mentality, his intelligence, is he big and strong enough? And, and the Eagles feel like he really dedicated himself in the weight room in the offseason. And, again, it's going to be just like every other team and every other position, a bit of a rush job to build chemistry. But they feel like he's been there. He's played next to Isaac Sayamalo. And more than anybody on the roster, he'll be ready to go day one at left tackle. And that's obviously an important position. When your quarterback gets hurt, as much as Carson Wentz has gotten injured, you better have that left blindside tackle position buttoned up.
1: Hey, Dave, just real quickly on to stay on the offensive line. You know, in case uh, Jason Peters, and being, you know, the 38-year-old guy, I can relate to playing at that age, not at an offensive lineman position, but a lot of similarities as far as just 38-38. I don't care what position you play. Your body's still going to have a little bit of problems holding up. Talk to me a little bit because we followed this guy in our draft, and you got the, the Eagles went out and got Jack Driscoll. Maybe he's the guy that would replace Jason Peters if something happens. How have you uh, give me a little bit about um, Jack Driscoll and how the team sees him as his progression?
2: You know, Jeff, it's a great question. And in a normal off season, you go. I yeah, guess you I'll haven't had seen. one, so it's hard yeah, to answer got, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You see, you've seen Jack Driscoll take hundreds of reps, albeit against air and <laughs> no pads, but at least he has the footwork down. Sure. With, that that the Eagles teach, they haven't seen that so. The next in line is Matt Pryor. Matt Pryor came in for um, Brandon Brooks last year a couple of times when Brandon got hurt, including the regular season finale against the Giants when Brandon hurt his shoulder. Then Brooks hurts the Achilles tendon just a few weeks ago, so he's out for the season. So it would be Matt Pryor next man in, third-year player. Eagles feel good about him. But Driscoll is one of those young players, and there's always another wave of offensive linemen that is developing – Again, it's just you don't know enough about these rookies in the NFL where you can say, yeah, he'll be ready to play in September, having taken exactly zero snaps as we stand here. In sure. mid July,
0: and by the way, I thought the adding Prince Tega Wanojo at the end of that draft was was a great move. Um, you know, he's somebody that I thought could be a fourth or fifth round pick based on his you know raw skills. And I know not getting physicals hurt him with the injuries, but I thought that again, the Eagles always try to you know bring in developmental players. Jason Peters once upon a time was a developmental player too. You know, started at tight end, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. You know, they with know the Buffalo
2: I, Bills, yeah. yeah and he was a practice, he was a practice squad player as a tight end, <laughs> and then he ran down the field faster than 300 and whatever he was, 50 pounds, blew everybody away running down the field on, on kick on a kickoff coverage or a punt coverage. I forget the story. And, off, and, and the offensive line coach up there was like, well, maybe we could take a look at him on the offensive line, and he's, he's going to be a pro football Hall of Famer someday. So, uh, yeah, you never really know, but if you have the athletic skills, coaches generally believe that they can coach up talent. And uh, the Eagles do always bring in young offensive line talent, and they've developed them very well through the years.
0: Believe it or not, we've had a rather lengthy debate a couple weeks ago, um, Dave, on the Eagles wide receivers because what we kind of go through a thing every day. We rank each team in the division based on their position groups and, you know, one through four. And we have it a, a hearty debate as to, you know, comparing the Giants and the Eagles receiving cores. I don't want to necessarily do that with you, but I do think it's an interesting group because I love the young talent. You know, Jalen Rager, I think, is a really good player. I liked J.J. Ortega-Whiteside last year. John Hightower was was a guy. Marquise Goodwin has a lot of talent, hasn't necessarily recognized it. And then you have your two veterans, Alshon Jeffrey and Jason Jackson, where the big question is health, health, health. So, you know, I could see this receiving core be really good, but I almost think it's like almost like a uh, a very high risk, high reward type of group.
2: Yeah, I probably would agree with that. I mean, you're put, you're investing a lot in veterans who are coming off injuries, so that's two things. I would think both would be very motivated. Deshaun came back last year, you know, had the great first game against the Redskins. Well, they were the Redskins, the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. And Dave, don't um, feel bad. I'm I'm gonna be doing that in uh,
0: December, so don't worry about <laughs> it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I know, and then and then of course Deshaun last week has a social media gaffe and a significant one that he's recovering from. So he has a lot to prove. And look, Deshaun really can't afford any more missteps here. You know, this is it's time to be healthy, play, keep your head squared on straight and, and go out there and, and do what you do best and that's run faster than everybody else in the field and and make big plays. And then Alshon's the same way. People in Philadelphia, Eagles fans around the world, they, they were kind of like writing off Alshon last year. All of a sudden, he's back, and you need him. You know, At the top of the season, you can't count on Jalen Rager, and you can't count on Marquise Goodwin, and who, by the way, has a hefty contract bonus should he make the roster. Uh, they also drafted three other wide receivers. So, it's a bit of a mystery. You, you hope J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, a second-round draft pick, and bounce back after a disappointing rookie season, but he's still not going to be that speed player. The Eagles need explosiveness. They need Jackson to stay healthy. They need to get Reger ready to go. And, you know, they need another young player, Quez Watkins or Hightower, Greg Ward, to take another step. Look, I think the Eagles learned a lot last year going down the stretch in December with Greg Ward and with Ortega Whiteside and, you know, with players Deontay Burnett and players who came up from the practice squad and you had to reconfigure the entire offense. And they were still able to win a, a, a way less than stellar NFC East. To get to where this offense needs to go, they need to be more explosive. They need to make bigger plays and have faster players and, and players' dangerous matchups at the wide receiver position. And that's only going to happen early in the season if Jeffrey and Jackson are healthy and ready to go.
1: And I, I think that's a big if. I think it really is. Yeah. Um, for sure. and I, I think that's you know, all. Healthy. I think Deshaun's yeah.
2: <laughs> healthy. I'm not well, sure about Alshon, though.
1: I mean, they certainly have had enough time to rest, right? (laughs) So, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the guy getting the football to those guys we just mentioned. And when you talk about Wentz, you know, obviously this man can play some football when he's healthy. You know, and I look at that as as something that's going to have to continue to improve with him is is his ability to stay on the field. Where I have a problem with is what's behind him. Um, I have no idea why Nate Sudfeld is – is this backup quarterback for the for the Eagles? But I am encouraged about Jalen Hurts. Maybe talk a little bit about maybe the depth at this quarterback position and what you know what the Eagles have seen in Jalen Hurts that's really attracts them to to make that type of uh, a draft pick.
2: Yeah, it's, it's 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 really an interesting threesome there. Um, you know, with Carson, obviously one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. The numbers are always strong. He wins a lot of football games. Great leader, just hasn't been able to get through a full season since his rookie year we were all excited last year to see him in the postseason and he lasted nine snaps and gets hurt against seattle so he's got to keep himself away from danger situations because when carson's healthy this offense is going to be fine mm-hmm. they're going to score a lot of points and the eagles are going to be the best team in the division certainly on paper we'll see what happens the division is so crazy you never know one year to the next nate Sudfeld, you know jeff he hasn't shown anything in regular he hasn't played regular season he's been strictly mop-up duty here and there mm-hmm. uh, he's here on a one-year deal he knows the system he can he can get you out of a game for sure get you through a stretch I think for sure if you've got pieces around him good offensive line good running game good wide receivers all that has to work with Nate Sudfeld don't forget Jaylen about your tight
1: ends too
2: yeah great great group of tight ends <laughs> with with urgent and, and Dallas Goddard Two one-two one two, come, punch as good as any in the league Jalen Hurts, look, again, as a rookie, what do you expect from him? I mean, how can you expect anything from a rookie quarterback right now having taken zero reps? This is not, and people have to understand this, and I know they do because they're smart Giants fans listening. You cannot replace reps on the field. There is no, unless the league pushes back into October, which I guess is possible, anything's possible, you know, this season's going to start September 10th. The Eagles are going to open against Washington September 13th, and you're going to have minimal time in preseason game situations. So how in the world can Jalen Hurts know the offense, develop chemistry, and and the idea of building a package for Jalen Hurts and having him come in and be Taysom Hill, I'm just not buying that, at least early in his career. Yeah, I, me either. I just don't mm-hmm. buy it. Yeah, I, they, they drafted Jalen Hurts because they don't want to keep investing Five, six, seven, eight, nine million dollars in a backup quarterback short term. They want a young developmental quarterback who, quite frankly, never plays because they want Carson (laughs) healthy 100% of the time. And maybe you flip that asset. You turn him into a really good asset and you flip him after three years. But they wanted some stability. They wanted to uh, build a quarterback here and, and continue the pipeline of developing young quarterbacks. And that's what Jalen Hurts represents.
0: I'll let Jeff handle the running backs and the tight ends. He mentioned them previously. One more thing Mm -hmm. on Wentz from me, Dave. To me, I see a lot of Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones when, when I watch him play. I think they're similar. And I think both guys need to be, and the word I'll use is a little bit more prudent, in their decision making, whether it's trying Absolutely. to doing a little too much running with the ball and they fumble, holding the ball in the pocket a little bit too long and they get stripped, trying to squeeze the ball in a little bit too tight of a spot that turns into an interception where the talent is there. It's just a matter of getting a better equilibrium on that risk reward and on some of these decisions, whether run or pass, that can turn wins into, you know, probably a top 10, top 12 ish quarterback into that you know, top tier of superstar quarterback. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
2: John, think about it, okay? Eagles early in, a pre- in the playoff game against Seattle, I think it was a first and ten, okay? He, he has, there's, his first look is, is covered. So then Carson goes, all right, what am I going to do? How am I going to make something happen on this play? So then he rolls, 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 starts to head up the field. Play, and I was right there. I was on the sideline. There was nowhere to go. Throw the ball into the stands. Don't put your head down and put yourself in an exposed position. Or just run
0: out of bounds!
2: We're just, we're just, Jay, Jay Davey, Jay Clowney was, had a chance to take what every defensive player would take, a, a shot to the back of an exposed quarterback in, the, in a playoff game. You don't put yourself in those situations. Live for another play. And Carson had been really good about that all season. Just in that moment, the one player the Eagles could not afford to lose, they lost.
1: Well, real quickly, we'll stay on the offense. So, John had mentioned the running back situation. I mean, obviously, Miles Sanders is a guy that you know that can get the job done and and has been able to do it. I think that the, I think the the whole theme behind this conversation today is health. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you talk about Miles Sanders, that's something you have to be concerned about because I think that the depth at that position, um, Boston Scott is a guy that I mean, he had a career day against the Giants, the last game of the season. My goodness, the guy who scored a couple of touchdowns. You know. What do you think about that position? And do you think that they have enough there to get them through the season if for some reason one of these two guys is hurt?
2: Yeah, Jeff, they've had so many injuries at running back. I don't think they ever will have enough at the <laughs> yeah, running back position <laughs> here, honestly. Miles, <laughs> sure. is a, Miles is a tremendously talented player, takes the game seriously, uh, will be a great lead back for the Philadelphia Eagles. I like Boston Scott as a change of pace. Let's mm-hmm. see if Corey Clement can resurrect his career. They don't have the big banger like they had last year with Jordan Howard. So I could see them before too long adding that piece. I think that's an easy piece to add, relatively speaking, in the NFL. Good group, just not sure it's deep enough right now.
0: Are they actually going to give Miles Sanders 20 carries a game, Dave, or is he going to be like that 13-14 and split it among everybody type of deal again? Yeah, I mean,
2: ideally I think it's 13-14 and, you know, three, four, five receptions. Um, But Mm -hmm. he's such a talented kid, and he's a big kid strong kid, had did not have a lot of carries at Penn State, so there is a lot of tread on the tire.
0: All right, defense. The defensive line's awesome. <laughs> it might be the best yeah. in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, just give me your overall take. Anything from the from the inside, you're so close to it that maybe us from the outside doesn't see when it comes to this group.
2: Yeah, one thing that they've done, is they've, they've added a lot of what they call positionless players in the secondary. Darius Slay, of course, was the big addition via the trade. They gave up way too many big plays last year, but they signed Nickel Roby Coleman, who's one of the best nickel cornerbacks in the league. There's questions at safety with Malcolm Jenkins gone. Will Parks comes in from Denver. They're going to try Jalen Mills, move him from cornerback to safety, again with very few reps in the month of August coming up. So, um, But that, that defense will have to live with a... Uh, will be led by a great defensive line, particularly inside with Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson, good on the edges. They need some depth there as well to to step up, Uh, but should be a pretty good defense, especially if the interior of the D-line dominates like they think it will, and Slay as a top-line cornerback, something they haven't had in many, many seasons.
0: Yeah, Jeff, I want to follow up real quick. Sure, you know, I, I think you hit it, and I'm happy you actually went to the secondary, Dave, when I asked about the defensive line, because to me, that's always been the question, right? You know they're going to win up front. You know they're going to get pressure, but can they cover well enough on the back end? You know, they lost Malcolm Jenkins, but they improve at the cornerback spot. Do, I, I know you haven't seen these guys, so maybe this is an impossible question for you to answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Do you think that this is as good of a secondary group as you've seen there within the last three, four, five years?
2: Um, no impossible to answer, but I will say that from a talent standpoint, Darius Slate gives them a, a player to match up with anyone at wide receiver in a very explosive wide receiver group division. Sure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and then what they were doing with Malcolm Jenkins the last several years, moving him closer to the line of scrimmage, quasi linebacker. They feel Jalen Mills can play that role. A lot of responsibility there for him. I think they have more pieces. In the secondary, and and I think Jim Schwartz likes to move those pieces around as much as possible. So I'm hopeful that they have uh, the ability to match up with passing games and complement what should be a pretty good pass rush. The big question, really, on defense, honestly, is a group of maybe the most no name linebackers. (laughs) I was just going there. I was just going to say that. There is nothing, there's not one linebacker that you go that a casual fan looks at and goes, Whoa, they are pretty good pretty good linebacker over there not 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 the case so they need the d-line to occupy blockers. they need the linebackers to flow to the football and and get clean looks at the ball carriers and make sure they tackle well um but i think they feel like they're faster on defense they're more versatile on defense and they're way better up front and they're much much better with darius slay at cornerback
1: dave and i'll just you know with real quickly with the linebackers i think collectively is you know there's not a bunch of stars there At all, but I think they can be a good unit. I mean, a a unit that can compete and just as long as scheme is put there. Um, Two players I'm I'm curious about because we just, when we were doing the draft and stuff, Kayvon Wallace, I I think he is, he can be a baller. I think this guy can be a really good football player. Um, And then there's one thing I was researching a little bit on the team. Who is this Will Parks? It's somebody, the article I was reading today was very high on this guy and possibly, you know, really a good pickup for that secondary in the safety position.
2: Right, because they want their safeties to be able to move around in coverage. They want them to play at times in linebacker positions. They think Will Park can do that. That he brings some speed and that he brings some versatility. It's all going to come down to how quickly he learns the defense. Okay. Played well in Denver. And Kayvon Wallace is in that same group at Clemson. He moved around a lot. He blitzed. He was in the box. Can he cover in a deep safety position, or is he more of? You know, we're 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 seeing such a blend of what is what is an NFL linebacker, what is an NFL safety. They're so almost interchangeable at this point. Mm -hmm. And so the Eagles are going to try to win with that kind of defensive philosophy, letting players have the responsibility of multiple positions. Parks and Wallace both fit in. But again, they are both new to the system. And so early on, how quickly can they assimilate after being in virtual offseason programs? These last several
0: months. Yeah, Giants have similar chess pieces with Jabril Peppers and Xavier McKinney, you know, two guys that you can kind of put at that quasi-linebacker spot. Final question from me, Dave, and this is going to be really broad, so you can take it any way you want. How do you see this whole thing going? Uh, Just in terms of the teams not getting a lot of work, as you said, zero or two at most preseason games is kind of what the word on the street is, nothing official on that. In terms of the teams being ready, the teams being able to cut down their rosters, figuring out starters, you know, how slow is this thing going to start with teams figuring things out early? Just how do you think this whole thing's going to go?
2: So I think that the Eagles in this division with three new coaches, I think the Eagles having Doug Peterson back, Jim Schwartz back, you know, the coaching staff back, the quarterback back, have a bit of an advantage on the ground, you know, as they hit the ground running because they... They have a roster. They they all know the system. They they can go out and play a football game and and be representative here pretty quickly. Um, and so I think that gives them a bit of an advantage. But look, every uh, we're talking, and the NFLPA and the league haven't even agreed to all the protocols for training camp. You know, th- these are these camps are supposed to open. up, I think mean, the Texans in a week are supposed to be in on Saturday. Yeah, or in a week. So I, I I feel like why is the league? I mean. I think think you keep all options open, including pushing things back a little bit. I personally am one who goes, all right, why would you bring back football right now and for the television viewer, compete with the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, and Major League Baseball? If you started the regular season in October, and and by the way, the TV contracts expire in 2022, so this is a critical year. Why not start the season in October, play it a month later, and it gives you time to learn from Mm-hmm. Any mistakes that, that the NBA and the NHL and MLB had, and make it a safer environment, and then maybe at the same time you're giving rookies a chance to go through some OTAs, and you're giving players an, an opportunity to see how it works at the team facilities. I don't know. I, I think it's
1: that's no, a great a, point.
2: It's a, it's a very complicated, obviously, situation. Safety is first, <clears throat> and the NFL should not be in any rush to start the season. That's my opinion.
1: Sure, I like it. Dave, I really
2: do. Jeff, you good?
1: Yeah, yeah we can discuss it later. that's great. I, I think it's a great point and I think you got some great talking points there Dave and I, I feel like you know just things are just so fluid at this point nobody knows um, but it is good to talk about it. It's good to talk about football and we know that on paper it's supposed to start soon so that I guess we can get excited about that.
2: yeah, and we all just want it and we all we all want it to do to happen safely and try to get back to some kind of normalcy in this country and the NFL plays such a huge part in all of that. No matter what team you're rooting for, we just want to see the NFL. Yeah, no and, question. And Dave,
0: to that point, I hope everybody in your world is healthy. Yep. Uh, have Have you been
2: back in the facility yet? By the way, I went in for 45 minutes to clean out my office. Uh, we've gone through many of our protocols: tier two, tier three. Uh, what we're allowed to do, um, you know, we're just waiting on word from the league uh, on what is the next step and what is the official opening dates for rookies to report and for veterans to report. And then I will do what I am told, knowing that <laughs> it will be a season unlike any I've ever experienced. And, and this, and knowing this, that I will not get within 10 feet, literally, of any player or coach this entire season mm-hmm. yeah
0: same here I expect to be back in the office for the first time in, in sporadic segments next week and then uh, hopefully figure out a way to watch practice we'll see how that goes it's all it's a yep. whole new ball game we're all gonna kind of go with the flow Dave awesome stuff my friend most importantly hope you and everybody around you is safe stay safe and hopefully knock on wood we will see you when the Giants play the Eagles in October
2: love it, guys. Stay safe. Thanks for having me. And, you too, uh, Dave. Thank you. Let's all, let's all get to the season. Take a- care. Yep, absolutely. You got it. Thank you, Dave. Yep. Dave
0: Spadaro, good buddy, good friend, yep. good reporter, excellent job. Uh, covers the Eagles for the Eagles. Just fantastic. You can find them uh, on Twitter on my tweet that promoted the show. Uh, you know, Jeff, it's funny, and I guess I'll go here first just because I think Dave made a good point earlier in that and um, is one of his later answers, I should say. And it's funny, if you would have talked to me three months ago, and I think I said this on the show, and people said, just back, you know, back the season up a month. I think that makes sense. And I, and I was always arguing, like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Because the second wave is supposed to hit in October, November. So you want to try to get the stuff in early when there's a window. Well... Unfortunately, with the way things are going uh, in the country, and uh, by the way, and some people are focusing on specific states, it's a lot of different states, from California to Florida, Mm -hmm. Arizona, Texas, Ohio, I mean, Georgia, there's a bunch of states where they're having issues now, so that window that I thought might be there because of the summer and weather hasn't really come together, Mm -hmm. so if it does at this point makes sense to move the season back. I think it's a little bit more understandable given uh the state of COVID in the country right now.
1: It it just makes sense. I and for many many levels. I I think number 1 if we're going to rank it and and Dave got into it a little bit about how, you know, the NFLPA has not approved any of this stuff and so I think you have to understand that the players aren't doing anything until they both come to an agreement because of the safety issues. The other thing, and by here, the way, this, it's not just safety; it's also financial issues, Jeff. Because and, if there's no fans
0: in the stands, then you got well, to figure out, you know, you know,
1: football-related income and all that sort of stuff too. That all comes with it, and that's why it's just such a huge bag of stuff that we have to put our hand in there and pull something out to talk about it today. But you know, lo and behold, there's a lot more things in there that we still have to grab at. And I think financially, you're you're absolutely correct. But the and most important thing is that. The players have to feel comfortable. They have to feel comfortable that they're going to be able to go home and be safe and you know, not not bring stuff home to kids or to people that are compromised. Or their parents. Or their parents, yeah. for that matter. Just, just that kind of thing. The one thing that you have to understand, like in basketball right now, and you know a lot more about the basketball stuff than I do. I'm just kind of understanding what they're doing in Orlando. They're in a bubble. They're all there. They're not leaving anything. You know, football is not going to be able to do that. These people are going to be going home. They're going to be going to the grocery store. They're going to be doing things. Well, here's that... the
0: thing they shouldn't be, though. And, and, but, and I think that's going to be a but thing just not going But
1: you're not going to stop them. You know that. Well, it's going it, to happen. Well,
0: that's that's the trick. And it's going to come down yeah. to personal responsibility it to sure be careful is. when they're. Because, look, the problem, Jeff, and I've said this a million times, and I, I'm sorry, I apologize for interrupting, the problem's not going to come inside the facility. They're going to have protocols inside the facility where Mm -hmm. people are going to be safe. The question is, what are these guys doing when they're not in the building? And that goes from team personnel to people like me, to front office, to coaches, to players, everybody. When they're Mm -hmm. not in that building, they have to take every precaution possible. And now that doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. You could take every precaution and still get this thing. It happens. But... You really reduce the chance of it if you do the right things when you're not in that building.
1: You know how we always hear these these, these terms like, "Hey, the players have to buy into the system." If, if there's ever a time for the players to buy into any system about not not being selfish and being as a, as part of a team, this is the responsibility now of the players. Yeah. They have to understand that in order for us to to function as a as a team here. We've gonna have to have some off the field rules here that you have to be one hundred percent on board with. Well Jeff and, and, and here's the thing for motomotivating. And understand yeah. what the ramifications are if you don't. Yeah, if you don't, you have no season, you
0: don't get paid. And that should really be all the motivation they need, though. No?
1: <laughs> well and, yeah, and but here's the other thing too, is it is you know, it's not fair for the guys that are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And you're the one guy that's not. Okay, so you you got to look at it that way. So where does this come lead to? It comes to leadership. It comes to letting these guys understand and police themselves. And the older players are going to have to take a hold of the situation and let the other guys understand that we're all in this together. So we got to understand that. Plus, here's the other thing about I'm all in agreement of pushing the season back. And if for some reason that fifth season on October 11th is Dallas Giants, does that ring a bell? <laughs> that's yeah, right. So, and by, if, by the way, just for the record, Jeff, the way they have built this thing is that
0: you can afford to move the season back a month and still get all 16 games in. They would just push the Super Bowl to late February
1: okay. or that's, early that's March
0: fine. and you could play it that way, which yeah. is fine. That, 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 that's not a problem.
1: And most of the time, where, are the, where is the Super Bowl? It's in a warm place, or it's indoors. Uh, you know, most of the time. I mean, it's been in Indianapolis and New York. But my point is, I don't where even is know it where this su- year. By the way, I don't I, even I don't even know off the top of my head. To well, be honest, well, it was in Miami you. last year. I don't even know. I, I don't to know. Look it up. But here's the thing: I, I feel like that's probably the that would be the greatest for many reasons. Number one, we can get ahead of what's going on as far as a virus, uh, as far as a vaccine. Maybe by October, something comes out. Number two. The, the team will actually – Joe Judge will actually get to meet his players. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think about that, you are a new head coach of a football team and you have not even got to sit down in front of your players yet, it's personally. Tampa. It's Tampa, by the ludicrous. way. That is ludicrous. What is it? Tampa this year. Tampa. Okay, oh, God. Well, <laughs> Florida's not the
0: best place to yeah. be. Hello? Well,
1: <laughs> um, I guess, but from a, from a weather standpoint, that would work. Um, the other thing is evaluation. I mean, you got to have some – got to give these guys a chance to compete – they got to give these guys a chance to get on the field and, and play football. That, that gives you a little bit more time. So I think that, that if it went to that, I would not be surprised. In fact, I would love it. And you can and even just push it back two weeks, Jeff. and and, you and that'll give two weeks. A, that's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, John, there, there has been – and we've talked about this on the show with multiple guests that we've had and in, in, in our, in our crew. And I just know that there are certain players that have to understand – they learn on the field. They can only do so much on, on Zooms. You know, you got to understand the separation on the field, like where the boundaries are and numbers. And I mean, those are things you have to it's been ingrained in your in your football skills for all of your life. But now you're moving to a different level. I'm talking about the younger guys. They have to understand how to play this. And there are going to be a lot of younger guys in this team that are going to be competing. And by the way, there's a new system. Right? Patrick Graham is going to be putting a new system. No more James Betcher system. No more um, uh, Pat Shermer offensive system. These are all things that these guys have to know. So give them some time. And then also let the rest of the world figure out how we're going to cure this thing or not cure it or, or at least help vaccinate it. And maybe by that time it works. Yeah. I, mean, I don't we'll know. We'll see what happens. It's But it's like you said. You're right, every, though. Look, it's, it's funny. It's fluid. Every day's different. Something's coming up. Like the NFL is going to, they're going to go vote on something. You know, the the proposal from the NFL to the NFLPA. We'll see how that happens. Yeah, uh, the
0: challenges for the NBA and the NFL are mm-hmm. different. You know, yeah, the, sure. The challenge for the NBA is that you're playing, you know, every other day, right? So it's easier to get cross-contamination cross, cross contamination between teams because they're right. interacting with each other right. so much. Um, but to your point, they're in a bubble down there, and mm-hmm. they are not leaving the campus. Or at least they're not supposed to. And you know they have protocols in place to keep these guys relatively isolated. Over uh, you know, a two, and the three testing they're
1: doing, they get the guys out. Westbrook, you're out. Go, yeah, go home, dude. You know they get tested every
0: day, mm-hmm. every single day. Reporters yeah. down there get tested every single day. You know the NFL, they have a little bit easier in terms of game days because you only get. You know, one game a week. So if you test right before the game, you're probably not going to have contamination from one team to another. But when you're in that facility during the week, interacting with your teammates, if someone, you know, when they're at home, and you know, there's going to be a debate too whether or not these guys are going to stay in a hotel for training camp or not. That's something that's under debate in these negotiations, is my understanding. So, you know, are these guys going to contaminate their teammates, and then you have to shut a team down? So.
1: The challenges are there for both sides, but they're just different. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot of compromise, and, and this is not a time for people to, to be selfish. There's not It's not a time for guys to think about me, 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 right? It, it's all about let's get this going. Let's be safe. And the only way, maybe the only way to be safe is to quarantine the players for training camp. You know, get them in the hotel. Have them – you know they can't go out. I mean, you're not supposed to be going out, anyways, on training camp. You know how it is. These guys they eat, breathe, and sleep football for for a month.
0: Oh yeah, Jeff. I, I never saw any giant players out and about in Albany at night.
1: <laughs> Hello. What? Yeah. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not any real football players. <laughs> uh, yeah, once in a while. oh yeah, you know, well, yeah, just once in a while, right? Yeah, just once in a while. <laughs> just uh, just every other night, maybe. <laughs> um, but my, you know what I'm saying? It's, I do, just it's the, so funny. It's so, but, but if they were all quarantined and, and maybe, you yeah. know, the hotel over there by the, by the training facility that they can get to and from without, you know, getting in front of people. You know, the so, funny
0: thing, Jeff, and, and it's partially a joke, but it's real. The one, people, the, the one group of people I'm not afraid about, you know, getting exposed mm-hmm. and getting sick of the coaches because they're in the office 18 days a day. yeah. <laughs> week. Anyway, you know, they they no basically question. sleep at home, and then yeah. they're in the office. They don't have time to do anything else anyway.
1: Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. So guys like... Um, uh, Burns, the running back coach, who's yeah. in his, you know, he's in his sixties. Um, some of these older, seven,
0: he might even be seventy. Right? Yeah, Burns,
1: some of these older coaches, I um, mean, even even some of the guys that might be in their fifties that have some some, you know, compromised health situations. I got to be a little bit afraid of that too. Dude, if I'm, dude, how about you know? Dave, Dave Gettleman? He just well, fought they, cancer. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't think that all of those football coaches are in the, you know, they're they're, you know, they're these these healthy prodigies that these guys are so i mean there's there's problems everybody has them right so and nobody knows what they are but if i'm one of those guys that have a a certain type of condition i'm i'm a little bit nervous about coming into that facility and contracting you know covid but um this is just so crazy it's nuts i i was i was out the other day And I was playing golf, talking to a guy. And, of course, that's the topic of conversation with me when I'm with these guys playing golf. What's going to happen? Like, I don't know. It's like what we're talking about now. But it was just crazy to think that we have not been able to that we've been doing this show for how many months from <laughs> through my comrades and through a f- cell phone, we haven't seen each other. We haven't seen any football. We it's it's nuts. And by the it, way, Jeff, I should point out all the stuff that we're saying.
0: We don't have any inside information. Like this stuff isn't coming from the Giants. Are you like, kidding me? Like, no, we, we, we don't know anything. Like we're, we know we're, nothing. We're going based on what we're reading on the internet, just like you. Yeah. So you yeah. know that that's
1: what we're looking at. here. I'm not it's giving unknown. any inside inside scoop. I don't have an inside scoop. And I guess I, I guess we're the only thing that. Like, like I, you know, with with Zach, my son being at Rutgers, I'm trying to follow the college football landscape of what's going on, and you've heard it with that. Oh boy, yeah. So I feel like you know, is this going to have any indicator on the pro season, right? But it may or may not. I think the only correlation I could get is just how they're doing things. What's what is successful that they're doing as far as testing and quarantining players, and you know, where is the best uh, suitable place for these guys and what they do. You know, like Rutgers. You know, New Jersey is doing pretty well because we've, we've, we've gone through all the stuff that we did way back a couple months ago where the rest of the United States is now in that stage where we were. Um, but what is it? What are these other teams doing that they're not that some other team isn't doing? You know, I just know what Zach down there. He's been told you do not go out. You hang with your, your and you're either in the dorm room or you're off campus. You come and work out. And if you do go out, you only stay with the people that you are with, you know, like your football guys. Yeah. We don't want you to do it like golfing. That's, they say if you're going to go golfing, go golfing. But social distance, stay away. Don't go to any of the bars. Don't do any of that stuff. And it's, it's proved to be pretty good because they're like at a 1%. Right now, um, Rutgers is, is with testing. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, so. By the yeah. way, Burton burns 60. He'll be 68 in October. So, Well, there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, that that is definitely a situation where I would be very concerned about if something. Yeah. Because that is an age where, you know, that's 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 the danger zone. And by it the way, really to, your,
0: to your point, Jeff, you said you know, be a team player, don't be selfish and all this stuff. That can apply to the whole world, by the way, too, not just football it, teams.
1: You know what? It's a good point because I will tell you, you know, my family is out in Phoenix right now. And... You know, I've been talking to them and, you know, months ago, they were all laughing at us. They were all laughing at us, you know, wearing the mask and doing all that stuff. And I kept telling my dad, like, listen, this is just the way it is. And you know what? Nothing's changed today. We're still doing all of this. Yeah. But, you know, in Phoenix, they weren't doing that. My dad said they were. He would go to the grocery store, and ten percent of the people were wearing masks, and they were looking at the people wearing masks like they were, you know, they had a third eye. Well, now you go out, John, and you don't have your mask on. They're looking at you like you have a third eye. That's correct. You know, so you, to your point is everybody just has to have to do what they can to help everyone else. Exactly. All
0: right, Jeff. Let's get to the calls. 973-667-1960. That was our weekly. We don't know what the hell's gonna happen. Discussion. <laughs> Which is really what we seem to have every week at some point in time. Yeah, so
1: It's fun to talk about that, even yeah. though we don't have no, no idea what we're talking now, about. Jeff, but, the, you know, that's just what we do here. The
0: good news is that there's a chance by next Tuesday when me and you host a show together mm-hmm. again that maybe we will know something. <laughs> it's got to <laughs> well, come soon. The players supposed to show up in two weeks, right? The yeah. camp's supposed to begin
1: on the 28th of yeah, uh, and, and, of July. And, it's two weeks away, okay? And let me ask you this, John. You may or may not know this. I don't. I'm sure I um, don't. Well, yeah, I think you might. So... You know, the new teams with new staffs and stuff, you obviously get extra stuff. Are the Giants, one of? they are one of the teams, are they able to have their rookies in early? Oh, all teams are allowed to have the rookies in early. The Giants
0: and the teams that have new coaches are not going to get the advantages that
1: they usually get,
0: no. Mm. Okay. All the rules will apply to all the teams. I got you.
1: And, you know, if you think about what we just talked about, moving the season back.
0: Now, Jeff, again, that's pending whatever agreement that, they sure. come to with the PA. But as of now, my understanding is that all teams are operating under the same rules.
1: Yeah. And if it, if if, if they, they did what I wanted them to do and push the season back, you know, everybody would have a level playing field of of trying to get everybody here. It's just a matter of how many guys they're going to send home and what the protocol is with that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I was looking at base talking about baseball and how guys if they test, if they're asymptomatic, they're they're not as out out as long as they normally would if they were just if they were hundred percent full fledged um, covid patients but you know what i'm saying like they're able to come back a little bit quicker i don't know how that's going to work with football if, if somebody is not asymptomatic and is is diagnosed with it are they going to be out for two weeks three weeks and they have to test positive two times in a row or negative two times in a row just so much stuff that we're going to have to learn about
0: yeah it's, <laughs>
1: it's <laughs> my, head's, fun. my head's spinning
0: Tell you what, God bless Ronnie Barnes and all the stuff he has, and, you know, the rest of the Giants' task force with the stuff that they're going to have to deal with this year. I mean, there isn't a better person you want in charge of it, but, boy, I do not envy how he's going to deal with all that this year. It's just no fun. Anyway, we got a caller on the line, Jeff. He's been holding a while. We kind of got engrossed in this conversation, which is awful. But I thought it was a good talk. So here we go, 973-667-1960. Let's go to our caller. Caller, you're on the air with John and Jeff. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
3: Hello, is it me, Joe, and PA? Hey, Joe. Hi guys. Uh, yeah, I guess then there was, hasn't been any testing so far in the NFL, correct?
0: Um, well, I mean, players can get tested where they are, but mm-hmm. my, I don't believe there's been any testing at team facilities yet because
1: players have players don't have to report until after the twentieth, so right. they have some time. Listen, but, Joe let me let me comment on that real quick, and I'll be real quick to get you to get you back on. You know. I think what's going to have to happen here is there's going to be like, like the college guys, they sent tests to the people that were out of town. And most of the players from the giants are out of town and had them send their tests back because they certainly don't want somebody coming to the facility and testing them there. If they're, if they're positive, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so there's going to be a little, I wonder, be if, a little precautionary I wonder if
0: they'll design Jeff, like a, some type of place the players can go to get tested. That's not the
1: facility. You well, there's a, I mean? there's a saliva test that they can send to them and they can send back. That's right. what they did at, at Rutgers. They sent it to the players that were out of town. Within, If they were out of 90 miles more... Um, it, then Rutgers, then they they sent them a test. So there was there was two guys that were tested positive. They didn't have them come back to got Rutgers. It. They couldn't come yeah, back. Makes sense. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead,
3: uh, Joe. Uh, I I don't want to get into this testing stuff, but I watched the nightly news last night, and they were showing you know the basketball players. You know that the one said he got tested twenty times already, and there there's lines of people around the country they can't get tested or can't mm-hmm. get it. You know, I, I don't know what's going on. So uh, anything new on, on on our Baker, our uh, cornerback mm. there that's in trouble? Anything new on well, him Well,
0: there, there were some reports out there that were not great. Um, <laughs> again, <laughs> yeah, th- this is all like, you know, stuff that's conjecture and reports. So I don't like to get into legal issues because I feel like it's really dicey until we actually know what's real and what's not. Both sides are going to say different things. So, Joe, right now I would just, you know, wait and see. And yeah, to uh, see how the whole thing plays out. But, you know. We don't know anything. No, we don't yeah, know. I, I, don't know.
3: I, I know. And uh, you just can't report until it's official reported by the Giants anyway. Yeah, I, I hear stuff that, you know, uh, he's getting, getting him to drop the charges or something. And the Giants might drop him. I don't know. But one thing I want to know, was he ever in trouble before? Before we drafted him.
0: Not with the law. He never had any off the field issues. You know, there were okay. some things in terms of like, you know, he didn't come to the combine. A lot of people said, you know, super prepared and yeah. things like that. But there was never, at least yeah, my understanding I, in doing the draft work, Jeff, maybe you
1: remember differently. No, I don't no, remember, I remember anything nothing.
0: off the field with him.
1: I just remember uh, him being, you know, just some, some stupid little idiot stuff that, that idiot. just young guys do. But nothing yeah. mental. I'm nothing from the law.
3: Man, oh man, where his head was, I don't know. They need him, uh, too, man. They need him, Joe. I, I, I know. Uh, well, what, what I'm, uh, what I want to get on. I know your guest there. That's I. I can't think of the last time we beat the Eagles. I don't know. We had them. <laughs> we had them beat or something like that in a 61 yard field goal or something mm-hmm. beat us or something. I can't even remember. Yeah, Josh Elliott. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> so, not I mean, Josh. it's, been, it's yeah. been crazy. So I mean, that's the one team I want to beat. But one thing I I was listening to the. Uh, I caught the end of one of their sports talk shows here. And, you know, they're talking about the free agents now, you, you know, those who are designated and that like Leonard and that that we have, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, what what they mentioned is that I, I thought I heard them say that clownies. Price is coming down now.
0: Sure, sure. I think anyone that's out there now, Joe, and his price is going to go down. Well,
3: I I hope the Giants are looking into this because I, I was just wondering, you, you know what I mean? I, I heard them guys say, well, maybe we can get them for ten or twelve thousand dollars, which are ten <laughs> or twelve million. I mean, which well, 10, I don't ten or,
0: think or twelve thousand would be great. I'll sign them yeah. up right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, ten that's or twelve that's million. How much he makes what, a minute? But what I'm trying to say is, are. are uh, you guys think uh, like because I know we have to sign Len- Leonard again and he's he's gonna be at least what 15 million or something yeah, yeah but that'll be
1: next year though I mean you already get he's already gonna make 16 million on the uh, on the tag so you don't have to sign him
3: well i i know what the i know the giants i i guess the giants could just release him right now if they wanted to before they put this tag on oh no no, go, no, 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 no 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 williams
0: already williams already signed the franchise tag
1: that's right, my that's my why i'm saying they have so. to pay him 16 million so he's guaranteed yeah, that money he, he is locked in this year for that yeah. money
3: yeah uh, okay then he's locked in then i was wrong cuz i was looking to see here if they didn't and clowney's price come down i mm-hmm. don't know If, you know what I mean, if we would look into him, what would Baker's price be if they don't sign him this year?
0: No, Baker's on his rookie contract, so he's not going, he's on their contract for potentially four more years if they pick up his fifth-year option, depending on how the -the off-the-field stuff
3: goes. Would you have any idea what he, he would have earned this year if they just drop him?
0: Unfortunately as Jeff Jeff all rookie contracts are guaranteed correct first round picks so they probably wouldn't really save much money under the cap in the, in and yeah. he's situation. already got a lot of his money cuz they yeah. give him
1: yeah. to him up front mm-hmm. you know
3: uh, Okay well then the only one I'm thinking about it yet to talk about is uh, our defensive end that may come back to us Golden well, Marcus
1: Golden yeah I mean now, he's got,
3: what, he,
1: Yeah he's got a chance to come back now that if the market is shrinking um, and he only has until I believe it was the 23rd, was it, July?
0: Now, somebody told me, Jeff, and I'm investigating this, and I have not found out the, 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 uh, the truth yet, is that deadline wasn't necessarily a date, but it was whenever teams report to camp. So okay. that might slide a little bit depending oh, sure. on well, that how makes this sense. goes. The original date they had was July 22nd. Now, okay. maybe that date will slide, but that was the original date.
1: But you know what, to your to your point, Joe, it sure does sound to me like he's going to be back because I mean, listen,
3: well, if if nobody well, signs I, I, him, I liked him and he played good, but I'm looking to see if Clowney's price comes down in there. It ain't the going to come down is, to five
1: million. There's no way.
3: On what pardon?
1: I I I mean Clowney's. I mean he's not. Are you talking about signing Clowney before you've signed? uh Marcus well, Golden
3: whatever if his came down to about 12 million cuz I I'd oh. hate to see the Eagles grab him for something like that for one year yeah. or give him a whole mess of incentives you know I just hope we would be looking into it you well, know Well I think
1: he wants to go to a team that's going that, that is going to compete for well, a championship
3: I know but whatever yeah. you just never know I just ho- would hope they would uh uh, look into it. So, and, uh, like I says, I just want to beat the Eagles too. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for taking <laughs> Thank you, my Joe. call. I hope, I, I guess yeah. I got to hope and pray we play. So, uh, thanks yeah. for taking my call. Go Giants! Thanks for calling in Joe. Thanks Appreciate
0: Joe. It. Yeah. Then, yeah. You know. Look, we all are. I mean, look, uh, I'm just and, happy. And, and, I'm, I'm hoping I get NBA basketball by the end of the month. That'll be a nice respite. But there's nothing like NFL football.
1: And, and to assure I, Joe, I, listen, I mean the Giants. They're smart. They're, they've got a they've got a number that they're willing to pay him um, if he becomes available. I'm sure they do. But until then, he's just going to be a name on the wall, and, and yeah. Dave Kettleman is going to look up at that wall and say, "Well, you know, do I need some help?" But right now, they're just they're just content on who they have. Let's go back to the phones.
0: Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. 973-667-1960. Cole, you're on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
4: John and Jeff. It's Dave from Cranford. How are you guys? Hello, Dave. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, John. Jeff, Great. man, we got to get... It. We uh, normally... We've, we would have played in the O'Hara's
1: tournament seeing you out there yeah
4: i know jeff i know it's it's uh, but you know um we'll we'll try to find another time my friend
1: good for you i hope you're so, doing well i hope you're doing well thanks
4: jeff i am i am you too and glad to hear about your son too dad i think that's going to be a great spot for him thank you you know yeah thank uh, you which is which is great you know so hey i uh john i i wanted to it was actually both, both of you but but john i, I wanted to ask you because i know you you know, get into some of these details. What What do you think on their um, the blocking scheme that you think is going to fit? You know, if you look at Garrett, the great thing about him is he's he's run them all, right? Yeah, he has. He's, yep. You know, he's he's run outside zone, he's run power, he's run inside. You know, I, I really think that last year, um, because one of the things I was having a debate about Barkley, and it's like. It's really hard to nitpick. I mean, you know Saquon Barkley. I mean, right? But I'm gonna I'm gonna try for a second, and that is that is this. He, you know, you could you could have his stats and look at his averages sometimes, and you know he can burst off a 75 yard run, but it may have been his 11th run of the game, and the first 10. You know, he gained twenty yards. No, hundred percent. Right? Now, yeah. mm-hmm. now, many times. Just to be fair, it, he's he's getting the ball and he's got two guys on him, right? right. Yep. Um, sometimes it may be a little bit, you know, hitting the wrong hole or or, or dancing a little bit. That's a little bit nitpicking. No, all no um, fair.
0: Everything you said so far is fair.
4: But it's but the problem when when you run like that. If you remember the old days of of Rodney Hampton, right? Rodney Hampton was crazy. He was he was a guy that was really a really great runner, but he re, you know he never ran for more than twenty yards a, at once. But he almost always ran for at least five. Well, Dave, you it's know? A, it's and, the
0: same difference you had between Barry Sanders and Emmitt Smith, right? Emmitt Smith wouldn't get negative yards. He'd get two, four, five, seven. Barry Sanders would go fifteen carries for you know ten yards, but then he'd break one for sixty. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Same deal.
4: Right. And so I, I look at that as the scheme going into this season, John. So I was just wondering, like, if you were Garrett, John, and Jeff, and you were looking at the line, um, what type of scheme do you think the, the, the fits for this line from a blocking standpoint?
0: It's a really good question. Um, look, well, I think, I, so, go ahead, Jeff. You go first. I'm thinking.
1: Well, that's okay. I'm, I mean, I think you got to have you got to have. Um, you got to have something that you that your bread and butter, right? Are you a zone blocking? Are you a man? What is what are you comfortable with with the players that are there? And and we hear this all the time about this this Joe Judge uh, team is going to be you're going to they're going to be put in the right positions to succeed. So is it going to be different game to game? Are we going to do a zone to a? You're going to have to have a an existence of some sort. So to me, I feel that Mark Colombo and Jason Garrett have always run that they're very successful with the zone blocking. I think that's going to be their whole thing give give saquon barkley options give him though that vision to be able to do something and that he isn't committed he has to be committed to one certain hole every single time let him use his ability to do either jump inside or bounce outside that would be what i would do yeah i I think i agree with jeff you know and i know we've talked a lot
0: about this before the more and more i think about and the more and more i watch some of the tape from last year I don't want to see Saquon Barkley in compressed spaces. You know where you're running yep. big personnel and you're giving it to him, and there's eight guys in the box. I don't have interest in that. I don't think that yep. fits his running style. So yep. I w- I want to spread the field a little bit. I want to get it to him in space. I want to run that outside zone with three wide receivers mm-hmm. out there to give him room. To Jeff's point, to use his creativity the the best he can. So. I would like to see more outside zone. I don't think we saw enough outside zone in the last couple of years. Now, here's the thing. We're talking about Barkley, right? If you're talking about the offensive line skill set, I think Kevin Ziedler is a power player. I think Will Hernandez is a power player. I think Andrew yep. Thomas is a power player. So, it's a really good question. You
4: could, you could still, though, and Jeff, Jeff would remember this. I mean, um, when you had the old days of Jeff's team with Soybert and Snee, they used to have this counter pull play. I, I forget, you know, where basically at the snap, the counter, you know, tray. they, yeah, they would, they would step to the right and then pull to the left yep. and get out in space. And those were, you know, snee in particular, but both of them were much more power guys. But I think Zeitler and Hernandez could run that type of play very well. And, Je- and, and John, to your point, you know, you look at the 49ers and they're running, which is just ridiculous, but it, but if you look at it, one of the things they do is they just have a bunch of fast guys. I mean, all their running backs are just ridiculously fast track guys that basically, you know, they they get one lane and they get them through that lane so fast yeah. that, and then they're they're able to cut off of that. And well, David, Barkley's if you go is, around the Barkley's league, as ge- fast as those guys,
0: yeah, if you go around the league generally, uh, the outside zone is really kind of like the okay. thing the league is doing now. Like, that's okay. what Sean McVay uses. Kyle Shanahan's whole offense is based around the outside zone run. That's how his right. whole offense is based. You either you're outside zone or you play action, you boot the other way. I mean, that's what their offense is based on. So that's kind of okay. like the in thing right now mm-hmm. is zone-based yeah. running schemes. But, you know, look, you go back a couple years of Dallas offense. They use a lot of ISO. They use a lot of power. They use a lot of gap schemes. So I that's one of the things I'm anxious to see. I don't know what yeah, their scheme is going to be, Dave. I think it'll be fun to find out.
3: I'll tell
4: you this, Thomas Thomas for a tackle can get out in space as good as anyone. He's sure. remarkable He's in terms fast. of getting out in space, so that would be interesting. So, hey, you guys are the best. Thanks for letting me talk for so long, and uh, I, I hope you both are doing great. And your, right, your stuff is, is excellent, like always. Thanks, guys. Thank you,
0: Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah, and look, I think, I think that's a great question. I think it's a really good call. I think it's a good topic because it's yeah. something we haven't talked about much, mm-hmm. Jeff. And, you know, I think it's a fair question. You know, what? What plays to not only Saquon Barkley's biggest strengths, but also the offensive line's biggest strengths?
1: And that's my point. I, I think that once you and you can't determine that because these guys, you know, you got to have a, you're going to have a couple of new players in here. So I, I feel like you got to get in pads and you got to get out there and have an understanding of what you want to run. You know, John, they could come into camp saying, you know, we're going to be this we're going to be this team and we're going to run this. We're going to run the zone blocking scheme. They might get there and say, you know what? These guys can't run this. Yeah, you're right. They might. You're right <laughs> I mean, 100%. So, but, you know, don't don't get me wrong. They they're not committed to one system. I said, you know, just like anything else, you have to have a foundation. And you build your foundation on on your schemes up front and and how you block. So, you have to set those in stone and say these are what we things that we do best in these situations, first down, second down runs, things like that. And then you adapt. And that's but the only way you can adapt is to understand the evaluation and get in on the field and watching these guys play together and see how they can run this new offense and you'll come up with an idea of what works and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, no question. One more thing I want to bring up before I say goodbye, Jeff. I feel like a couple more minutes no, right
1: quick. Right? These shows go by too fast. They did.
0: And I decided <laughs> not, I decided not to play Did you play with Jeff Fields just because there I we thought go. we, we had, have time. I thought we had so much to, to to kind of talk about today. But the one thing I want to mention is that you know, the franchise tag deadline is coming. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's coming this week, and this is the thing we've talked a lot about on the show. You know, the financial uncertainty in the next couple of years mm-hmm. with the cap and everything, it apparently, according to reports, and we mentioned this, we were on top of it, that it's making it very difficult for these teams and
1: these players to agree on long-term contracts. 100%. 100%, because you know what? It's an unknown, and the, and the cap is, is fluid. It changes every year. No, most of the time it goes up. But most of the time we're not in COVID nineteen either. <laughs> so no. um, in fact we've never been in this situation other than maybe the pandemic back in the twenties. But I, I feel like this is this is the big, big deal. Why? And you hit the nail on the head. If I'm a team, I, I can't commit to this right now. So just take sign it. And if I'm a player, I'm just gonna take my, my guaranteed sixteen million. You know, if I'm Williams, I'm and we'll deal with it later. But just give me my sixteen. I'm dead. Yeah. Maybe sixteen million, John. Just give it to me now. It's July fifteenth at four p.m. By the way, is the um, all right? I got that on my time. I'm going to put that in device. my phone. Put it in your phone, Jeff. Um, a reminder, but <laughs> but but then make sure you don't lose your phone. I haven't lost my phone in a while. Well, you're to you know in your
0: house all the time. It's it, hard. I was to just going to say because I'm not
1: out everywhere, <laughs> so I'm doing pretty good. But you know what? I got a new iWatch, so it can find my phone for me. So there we go.
0: Yeah, the league website has um, July twenty second. Um, Oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, I actually found it. See, I'm looking at the NFL schedule. This is good for the Marcus Golden information. Here we go. So July 22nd, here we go. Signing period ends for unrestricted free agents to whom a May 5th tender was made by prior club. After this date, until 4 p.m. New York time on Tuesday following the 10th weekend of the regular season, prior club has exclusive negotiating rights. But here's the thing. There's a little star there on this, right? Here's why. It's July 22nd at 4 p.m. or the first scheduled day of the first NFL training camp, whichever is later. So mm-hmm. that date can move depending on when camp's open. Yeah, yep. So there you have it. That That's the rule. It's either July 22nd at 4 p.m. or the first scheduled day of the first NFL training camp. Now, I don't know if that's rookie reporting or full team reporting. I'm guessing it's full team reporting. But that's why that Marcus Golden date may move a
1: little bit. Sure, and most likely, well, I don't, if, if, I don't have it in front, of me, but there's somebody that's reporting earlier than others, right? I mean, because it's just, I think there's. Well, I, no, I don't. I think there. No, I think there was somebody that had a game. Well, there are because so a team might play on Thursday that that's first what I'm week saying. instead like, there of might Saturday. Be a couple days early, so that if in the first team that goes to camp, that's the day that 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 ends, according to what you just said.
0: Right. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, because, you know, the the Hall of Fame game teams are not reporting early because that game got canceled. So it's only Mm -hmm. a matter of, you know, when that first game is played that first week. And, again, if they're even going to have a week one of the preseason, which if some are going to get canceled, week one is probably going to be the first one that goes. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. anyway, I don't want to open that can of fish again. Jeff? Fun times. It was good being thank back. You yeah, you know, thank you. I, I was off last week, and now I'm basically back till you, you know. back in the saddle. Basically back until the combine, whenever that.
1: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> basically,
0: whatever that happens next year, maybe I'll take a week off. And, you know. well, that's the other thing. Like, if this season gets pushed back, Jeff, and the college yeah. football season gets pushed back or doesn't get played, like, how is that gonna affect next offseason though with the with, with 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 the combine and the draft and is the draft gonna happen in like June instead of April? I mean there's like a million different ways. Can you imagine that this, I mean what
1: if college football does get to the spring? I uh, mean dude, they're, they're gonna
0: start in March. There's a million different ways this thing can go, man. A million different ways. And well, let's let's just worry about the next month, and then we'll worry about next year, next year. Let's just year. worry That's about the fault. next
1: week, for God's sakes. I mean, forget about the month. It's it's turned into days and know, weeks is what we got to worry about. Hours. All right, yeah. Lance and I are back
0: tomorrow. We'll try to do the Dallas Cowboys. I haven't booked somebody yet. I will try to shortly. And then, uh, Jeff, you have the Redskins with Paul on Thursday. So yeah, if that's
1: what they're called. We don't even know what team they're going to be called. Yeah, on, so. the the yet D C team.
0: Well, here's the thing, and again, we only have a minute here, but I'll be quick. They, I think they want to keep their colors, so I think they're going to try to keep red. You know how the 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 St. John's yeah, went from the Red Men to the Red Storm. Oh, I see what you're saying. I bet you we're going to get something like that. Apparently, down there, Fred Smoot, the former cornerback, has been pushing Red Wolves as a thing, because I guess Red Wolves are a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that's an actual species of wolf. So. Um, I think they want to keep the colors and the R because you know the R is a big part of that logo. Yeah, a couple of their logos. So yeah. I think red something might be where hey, they my, I, We
1: were the my high school team was called the Red Coats. Oh, red Coats. the Red Coats. Well, the I don't. Well, the, the Red the red, Coats. the red
0: Coats did burn down Washington D.C. So yeah. I'm not sure they want to necessarily. That's happen. You know what? Yeah. Actually, was really funny, and I heard somebody <laughs> say this on 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 one of the you know political podcasts I listened to. They should rename them the the Washington D.C. Red Tape because of all the red tape of bureaucracy. <laughs> there you and go, the red which, tapes. Which, which which I thought was really, really funny. <laughs>
1: That's
0: pretty good. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Jeff. All right, John, take care. We'll thank see you for
1: th- everybody for calling in, and we appreciate
0: it. Yeah, good calls today, and we'll see you tomorrow on Giants.com. Big Blue Kickoff Live returns at noon. Lance and I preview the Cowboys. We'll see you then. Everybody have a good one. Stay safe.